Do, 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 do. You got a problem. You don't know what to do. Your dreams are strange. And you're seeing things too. The world is full of mystery. Life's more than you can see. You can ask pomegranate. And Larry Spades. You can ask pomegranate. Here's Larry Spades. Priestess. He's also a priestess. <laughs> Welcome to Ask Pomegranate Live here at the North Mess Magic Conference, also known as MagiCon. <laughs> I know, that's funny. I'm Pomegranate, and I'd like to thank Kevin Dewell for being our engineer, and also Kayleen Beauchelet, who is the producer of the show. Here's what she looks like, in case you don't know, anybody who listens. And Larry Savades for coming and helping us ask, answer questions. Hi, Pomegranate. Hi, Larry. Amazing conference we're at today. I know, this conference is great, right? Yeah. And, oh, special guest star in the audience is Mary Greer. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Mary, Mary is going to be on an upcoming episode because we're going to do an interview together. At some point, we talked about it. We're going to... Remember we remember that we talked about it. She's got a puzzled look on her face. I have to do a. Um, we we did agree to that, but you can change your mind. It's okay. Um, we're gonna do an interview here later, another day. Uh, all right. So we're gonna begin with questions, and why don't you? Well, let's have the first question. Okay. Um, okay. Hi, my name is Lydia. Here's a question, not totally formulated. I'm in a blab. Um, at lunch, we were talking about psychic info being neutral. And my question is, when you're an empath and you get psychic info through your emotional body, it actually feels emotional. So what's my question? Not sure, but kind of how to know what's going on. When, like, when you're getting emotional, and it actually is psychic info, and it, or it's not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what I got. Can we clear that up for you? Yes. Is that way, is what we're asking? Clear yes. that up for me. Clear that up for me. Okay. <laughs> um, so when you're getting psychic, so if we work with the premise that there are at least three psychic centers, right? And sort of the psychic of, psychicist of them all, psychicist of them all <laughs> is, is your third eye. That's the traditional center we're talking about with psychic centers, right? Now, empathic centers is the empathic center. It's, yes, we can call it psychic, but it's really empathic information. And that is entirely emotional. So what you're picking up on is not sort of what is true, what is the overarching truth of the situation, what is the future hold, what is the psychic pattern, or what is the, um, you know, what is the past, future, and present hold? It's just actually, what's the emotional tenor? Mm. Empathic information is as movable and changeable as uh, any emotion would be. So when we're getting empathic information through our heart chakra, what we're doing is going, what is the empathic energy of this room? What are the feelings, the general overall feelings of this group of people? Uh, what is the vibrational en energy of this group of people that can change if something comes in and impacts it? And so we can understand, or one-on-one, -on -one, what are you feeling? Oh, you, oh, someone comes in there all like smiling and happy, but they're actually really pissed off, and your empathic center goes, I feel confused because I feel anger. And what we tend to do if we don't know what to do with that center is we tend to 
say, oh, I'm angry. Why am I angry? Stop being angry. I don't know why I'm angry. And the reason you don't know is because it's not you. It's the person you're sitting with who's pretending not to be angry. <laughs> so, and that comes up in like relationships a lot with friends or family where you're like, why are you pretending? What's going on with you? Are you actually angry? So that empathic center, okay? And the psychic information when you get psychic information that is like this thing is coming or we understand the nature of this pattern to be this or i see you getting a job or you know one time i had psychic information which was came through this way oh you know really enjoy this because this is the last time it's going to be like this and i was just i heard that and i was completely calm i was like okay that's fine okay i'll really enjoy it and so what happened was then one of the people in the party died uh, two weeks later. And it was like, yeah, we'll never have that again because that person's dead. But they didn't go, this person's going to die. Be really sad about it. They said, enjoy this because this is the last time. And, I was, and the information came through calmly and I experienced it calmly. But it was very clearly psychic information. So psychic information that is like predictive is calm it doesn't come with emotions because it's a neutral from the psychic realm they're like oh just yet another interesting pattern it's not that emotional of thing it's like when you think back on a dream and you're calm about it because it was just a dream right so does that help clarify it from that much and maybe so would you say the the <coughs> emotional transference is always in present present moment not in the past and future I, I have received it from people who were who were far away. I once picked up the phone and said, "What's yeah. wrong?" For somebody who was three hundred miles away. Yeah. Because I was getting their stuff. Was that me? It was not. Oh. <laughs> you would have been two thousand miles away. <laughs> yeah, I think there's no with empathic information and like psychic information. There is no distance doesn't cause a problem. Mm -hmm. But I do think in timeline, from my experience, it is definitely more what's happening now. Mm -hmm. And you can't, I can do an empathic read of a past situation if I go, what was the empathic situation there? What was the emotional content of that situation that happened? I can ask that question and get the empathic stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, usually it's like, like the environment of the moment, I would say, okay. generally. I don't know if I'd be that strict about it, but yeah, mm -hmm. I would. Yeah, thanks. thanks, Lydia. Thanks. Um, anybody want to come, dare to come to the microphone and ask a question? Good. Yeah. First off, <clears throat> thank you, Larry, for having come to my home and did a clearing. What I'd like is um, a little more clarification on what you did. It had to do with my husband who had passed. Mm -hmm. And I've been told that he's in a really good place and uh -huh. he's uh, a, an angel of mine. And he's good. Yeah. But there was some bad mojo in my house. Mm -hmm. And can you describe what that was? Even a little confused. I'm a little confused because he's fine. He's with me. He's helping me. And yet he's still there in the house or he was there before you helped out. Mm -hmm. Did everybody hear that question over in the back? Yes. Great. So one of the hard parts about describing something that happened eight months ago and it involves psychic reading of information is I was in an altered state and so I'll remember part of it and there's bunches of it that I won't remember. The house, w several things were going on. One was that the house still retained his energy as if it had been his house. And there was a way in which you and your partner 
were sort of energetically camped out in the house, not fully owning the house. And then there was a room in the basement, which I remember it as being the, I think it was the fireplace. Yes. That felt like a gateway straight into his energy. And it was not his refined, I've now crossed over how he is today energy. It was sort of the cloud he left behind energy. And so that, I remember us deciding to close that gate. Um, I remember asking you to consciously, with a tool that you use really super well, which is your beautiful voice, to move your energy throughout the house and into the walls. Um, are there specific things you can remember that you want me to comment on? Just why, if he's okay in another place, mm -hmm. that the cleaning needed to be done if he's okay? Yeah. Um, when a dog has left the house, do, is his hair still there? Yes. It's just like that. Nice. Um, so there's lots of stuff we leave behind until it's resolved. And some of those things can be quasi self-motivated once they're, you know, energy can coalesce and, and act like it's got its own agenda um, and be sort of self-sustaining at that, at that level until it's bumped up and moved on. So, so he had crossed over, but consequences of his actions had not all, had not all been resolved. Thank you. Partly because you were holding it, right? Um, there are a couple of things were holding your ex-husband's energy in the house. And so one thing that holds, so buildings are people too, okay? And a building, you go into a building and then you impact it when you live in it. So we're impacting this room right now. We're changing it. All the stuff that has happened in this building changed it. And then it leaves a residue. Even if you don't, even if you clean it like with a vacuum cleaner, right? It still leaves an energetic residue. Or Maya Angelou says like whatever happens in a room goes into the room. It goes into the pillows, it goes into the walls, it goes into the curtains of the chairs. And so she, her, she was talking about racism at the time, but she was like, if there's any racism or anything that happens that I don't like that happens, she kicks the person out because she doesn't want it to go into her stuff. And then that holds that energy, okay? So you're, you held his energy in the house because you know him, and the house held his energy. So even though his soul is gone, his energy is left behind, and the residue of who he was was left behind. And the question is, like, do you like that? And if you don't like it, then you got to clear it. And you can hire Mo Bowstrom to do that. She does that really well. You can hire Larry Svetis to do that. You can do it yourself with salt, potatoes, salt, potatoes, water, things like that, smudge. Those things clear a room and clear stuff. And sometimes you have to get rid of their stuff, too. And sometimes you just have to be ready. And you were ready. Sometimes you have You'd to already be ready. made a bunch of changes, and the rest of the changes became, came easily. Thank you. Thanks for that question. Close the door. Hi. Hi. Hi, Elizabeth. I have a question um, about my health. But I received information about it today in Pomegranate's workshop about my spiritual team. Um, I met my um, spirit healer and learned that the way they contact me is through my chronic back pain, which is, and I said, really? <laughs> <laughs> Can you do something different? Um, I, 
I had like a diagnosis and a physical condition and actually a disability. Um, and this has been going, going on for more than half my life. So on the one hand, I'm so happy that I know that that's what it's telling me because mental health professionals and books you read and stuff always tell you that you know trauma and chronic pain are linked and there's all these studies about it but for me personally I always felt like that was dismissive of my actual physical pain and but now there's this new component and I wonder what you have to say about that and what kind of implications that has for me <laughs> or other people who might experience this. Um, what I'll say about that is that sometimes when our spirit guides are talking to us, they try to get our attention and they can do it in a way that is irritating, annoying, or even painful. That's accidental on their part. They, uh, they do not want to harm you. Their job is to protect you and keep you on track and support you. Um, and so one of the things is they're not in bodies and don't always know how hard they're pushing or poking or prodding. And so they can overdo in an attempt to communicate. And if we don't have this, the lines of communication open really clearly, which is, you know, a lost art. I mean, we used to be able to do it. We used to do it without even thinking in the really old days when before we broke away from our magical selves. Um, so it, it's don't take it personally and then just negotiate with them and just be like, yeah, dudes, uh, I kind of need you to help me by not doing it so intensively. And so start looking for the subtler gestures and start saying to them, why don't you give me a different clue? And I'll be sure I pay really close attention to that. And then there is the kinds of things which the pain and the communication is all just sort of wrapped up together. I wish all of this was so simple and I could just give you a simple answer. But there, where it gets wrapped up together, so I've had you know chronic eczema or I've also had chronic illness and the illness was a message from the guides but the guides weren't making me sick. Hard to think that through but true. And so actually they couldn't make the illness go away until I learned the lesson of the illness. Not all illnesses are about lessons but many are. There's no blanket statement you can say here. So in other words, you're not being punished by having an illness. I'm not trying to say that. It's so easy, such a slippery slope to fall into where it sounds like you're the one at fault. You're not at fault when you're sick. I've been sick. It's not your fault. You're fine. Um, it's just a state of being. And one of the ways that I had learned through my illness was I just said, you're my teacher. And what do you want to teach me? And sometimes the teacher is also associated with a spirit guide, right? So your illness is a teacher and it's associated with a spirit guide. So first, let's you know unknot that bundle and let's first take the spirit guide out of it and go, give me a different signal. And then that might help it a little, it might take it entirely away. And then we go, okay, what's the next thing? How are you teaching me illness? What do you want me to learn? And sometimes that means you have that teacher every day for the rest of your life, you know? That just happens. And sometimes you resolve it and the illness lets up. That can happen. So that's what I would say about that what do you got, Larry? I think you're spot on, Pom. Yeah, I'm not sure there's a lot to add to that. I mean, it, we could maybe talk a little more about the request for a different channel of communication. Yeah. And so Sage Good opened my eyes about that in a, in a class where she, she insisted everybody do psychic readings but ask for the information only as flowers. And so amazingly, it worked. And she said, sit down with the person, 
agree to do a psychic reading for them and then describe what the flowers are that you see and what they're doing. And then ask at the end if there's a way for them to be helped or, or for the situation to be improved. And I got a psychic reading. I mean, I gave a psychic reading, not so much the one I received, that turned out to be spot on, but I had no idea what it meant. But it result, resulted in the woman leaving her husband and starting a new relationship, which I had accidentally <laughs> described amongst the flowers. Um, <laughs> What's the leaving your husband flower look like? Is that a daffodil or? It was the red calla lily pomegranate. Yeah, not the Venus <laughs> fly trap. No, no, that might be getting someone else's husband. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so again, there's no blanket statement, but you can be creative and maybe playful. I mean, here's a little laughter medicine about, I want to get my psychic information today as images from bubblegum wrappers. Can you give me information from comic books? Can you, something that's gonna tweak the humor of the unconscious and don't, don't be so serious about now this is one way we're gonna talk because this is a relationship and how much fun would any relationship be if you can only talk in one way? Yeah, uh, uh, radio divination, that can be fun. That's great. Park the car, if you're doing it in your car, and, and you just hit the button, the scan button, you ask the question, turn the volume down, and then you go, stop! And then you hit the, hit the volume button, and whatever the first 30 seconds is, is your divination. That's one way to do it. Mm -hmm. This is now a different topic, but that's one way to do it. Yeah, yeah. Or video divination, when you used to have videotapes, you do the same thing. <laughs> it's harder to do with, with streaming. Yeah, mm -hmm. not so much with the DVDs. Um, so that's another way to do that kind of fun kind of divination. Mm -hmm. But I think, I think it's, it becomes a discipline and a practice to, to open up the conversation and to be open-minded and persistent. In, in taking care of yourself in that way. Yeah, and I, I often think psychic, that illness is psychic information. Not always, sometimes it's just your body not working, but often it is psychic information. And we wanna take that off the table if it is, let's get that off the table first. Because yeah. if it isn't, and we try to find out what it is and it doesn't improve, then we know, okay, it's not psychic information, good. And it's easy to get to the psychic information and figure it out. So it's usually, a lot of times with me, it's psychic information. And usually I violated a boundary of some kind or held myself responsible for things I wasn't responsible for. That's the majority of what reasons I get sick. So also knowing your own, own proclivities is helpful. Any more questions? No, no signing up. All you have to do is come up to the microphone and ask the question. Um, my question is I with attachments. I'm not as clear on working with that and I um, feel like there's things in my field that aren't where they're supposed to be that are not either part of me or part of my path. Um, and my question is how do you kind of um, tap into that whether they're there or not or like even what they kind of process or feel like. Um, but for me I just feel like there's this back piece that's just like attached to me and there's like this piece that comes through me and I haven't been able to figure out clearing whether it's like a past relationship or something that just feels like it's in my field holding on to me. Um, so my question is just Is it on of, your back? It feels like on the back of me, yeah. And what does it do to you? It just feels really heavy and like weighted and feels like there's a lot of anger and emotion attached to it. Oh. So yeah, it feels like there's something that I just want to like pull off and toss. But, but it comes right through your body Yeah, too? it feels like it's in the back and then it like comes through the center piece. Right through your gut. Mm-hmm. 
And I've had other readings where people are like, there's something going on here. And I'm like, yeah, I don't I just want to pull it. <laughs> Does it cause you physical symptoms of illness? Sometimes. Like um, I have a lot of low back pain lately that's been showing up and I've done a lot of physical healing with that. But there's just something else there that feels like it's, it doesn't feel like a part of me. Will you just turn around for one second so we can look at you? Okay, thank you. You're getting something. Solar plexus. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. I, um, I'm not getting much content, just location. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been carrying around like a yellow chakra stone to try to clear and activate, but it mm -hmm. just feels like there's something, and it doesn't feel like it's something that I can reach into, so I just thought I'd pose. I'm definitely seeing something attached to you, so attachments, what will we say about attachments? Um, you do have something attached to you that doesn't belong to you, I'm definitely seeing that and it doesn't feel like it's a part of you. And on top of that, the other thing that I'm seeing is, so how do we discuss this? Um, there's like a, a, something stopping you from opening up yourself, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, I feel like I hit a wall with it, which is always kind of a trick. Yeah, so the image I get, and this is how we do psychic work. Um, the image I get is we just see what we see and then just talk about it and not try to make any damn sense out yeah. of it. You don't have to make sense to be yeah. psychic. You know, weirdly, if you just say it, it'll make sense eventually to the person or maybe even to you. So I'm just going to do that now. I'll demonstrate it to you now. So the thing I'm seeing is I'm definitely seeing like your back is covered in this kind of like webby. Anybody who wants to say they're seeing it too, just say, yes, I see it too. Mumble, mumble. <laughs> yes, yes. So if you're seeing this, um, it's like this webby, almost gooey, but also webby kind of thing that's crossing over your back. And underneath it is like this energy that's moving. And I'm like, is that her wings trying to come out? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. People seeing that? Mm -hmm. so, the, yeah. so, what it, so what is wings? Like, is it a metaphor? Is it real? I mean, wings are real. You're a magical being and you're a human being. Your magical being lives inside the human being body. And the magical being has wings of some kind. And they're trying, it's almost like you're in, I also feel like thing that happens with butterflies mm -hmm. where they're trying to emerge so it's a little gooey, but also webby, cocoony. Mm -hmm. So there's that, but there's actually something sitting on you, trying to stop you from doing that. Yeah, yeah that's what I. Mean. And I don't know if that's this life or not. If you have someone actively in your life right now who's like, no, I don't want you blossoming, yeah. or if you're just like have gotten something attached to you from another being or something. Yeah. Categories possibility is dead person. Category is come back and gone. Nope, nope. Mm -mm, I'm sitting on you, I'm attached to you, and I don't want you to grow because you'll make me go away. So yeah. dead ghost. That can happen. Um, I'm not going to speculate on that right now. Or it could yeah. be another person who's actively trying to stop you. And it could, can, doesn't have to be malicious. Could be malicious. Yeah. Could be out of love. Just like, I love you, don't go away. I love you, don't go away. Yeah. Um, what do you, do you have anything? Well, um, it, I, I got an additional image, which was flying monkey on the back. So, um, again, but again, wings. I need a monkey. Yeah. Um, and, and, and there's a certain, that, that sort of perniciousness. And then the way I would do a, a reading around that is begin to t tease out. So what was, what was so terrifying about the monkeys and what did they do? You know, and they, they, they flew out of nowhere with ill will. They took people away. They, they took the stuffing out of Scarecrow. And so the one where my attention went was like, have you have had the feeling of having the stuffing taken out of you? Yeah. been drained. Yeah, my past relationship was like that, and I literally have had to pull them off of me a few times mm -hmm. energetically. And so I was curious if that was still Yeah, attached. okay, so now that you said that, what I'm seeing is that you have like kind of a ghost on you, but it's from a living person. So one of the things that can happen, 
I don't usually do readings like this in the middle of a room full of people. <laughs> I wasn't going to ask, but I was like, I got uh, it. If you're okay with the information, yeah, yeah, you want me to give it. it to you? Yeah. One of the things that can happen, this is sort of the way that I, the words that I use, the story I tell to talk about a thing. Use your own story. Translate me, my words, into your own story, okay? Because it doesn't matter what the story is yeah. if I capture the energy of it, right? So the story I'm seeing is that the person was, the person has lost a part of himself as a result of, of themselves as a result of the breakup and that that part of the self, themselves that they lost is heartbroken and looking and is trying to get you back and is attached to you and actually needs to go back to the person you can do that yourself but it's not working so yeah. what can she do <laughs> what can she do what can you do when something's attached to you and you try to get it off well, and go i think so it's so I, I, I have to prod a little more Sorry, sorry. You put yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, I think, can you just go up to the mic just a little? The, oh, yeah. the, the, the emotion that comes up for me is guilt, and so if you're feeling guilt, you won't be able to let it. You won't be able to get it off of you. Um, and so I don't know that you're feeling guilty, but there's something that feels a little no, like not a, no guilty. Okay, so it took so a while, but yeah, yeah, you did feel guilty. Um, it, I lost a friendship with it too, so it was there was mm. a longing of missing that piece. So, oh, so okay. more traumatized than guilty. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. traumatized. Yeah, um, because things and people don't have any magical right to us, yeah. and so if we get stuck in that way, there's a, there's a reason why it's come towards us, and there's a reason why we haven't rejected it, like we haven't gotten rid of an illness. There's a yeah. reason why, if we have a cold for too long, you yeah. know, there's a reason why something doesn't resolve. And I don't, I, I'm, and so, and so there's a way in which your, your um, immune system hasn't pushed it off. I'm getting a download that it was a past life commitment. Uh -huh. It feels like there's a past life like component. Yeah, twin flame I would definitely kind of see a little past life going on there. Yeah. I and that there was probably a plan to stay together longer than actually turned out to be possible. Yeah. Plans changed. Yeah. But yeah. I feel like there is a sort of, I, I want you to recheck the emotional content of yourself around guilt okay. and and um, responsibility around staying, keeping that thing allowed yeah. to attach itself to you. Yeah, I and can feel that. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> you feel bad. You feel yeah. like you're bad because you yeah. kind of feel like you blew it, but you didn't. Yeah. So what I would recommend you do, if you can't get it off, is we go to Nicole Pepper, uh -huh. who makes a boyfriend be gone. Is it a boyfriend? Yeah. A boyfriend be gone spell, and she will get rid of that sucker for you. That's right. It works. Sweet. It works. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who's used the boyfriend be gone? Yeah. It works really well. She should make a mother-in-law be gone one, too. Okay. No. <laughs> did I say that out loud? You did. <laughs> Whoops. She um, won't listen to the pop webcast. No. <laughs> oh dear, now I'm going to blush. Okay, can we have another question before I go too much of my own life? Yeah. I wasn't here for the intro, so I'm hoping that this just is ask away. entirely You're relevant. Fine. You're okay. just fine. Um, I'm a little stuck. I'm trying to talk to parts of my body that are unhealthy. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I'm really emotional already. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm stuck because I have a really clear understanding that too much energy is not what it needs, but I don't know how to talk to it in a small way. And so I'm wondering if you have a recommendation of how I can interact with this huge, like hot electrical energy, because I do want to save my organs really bad. Mm. Um, and I've been using plant medicine and physical healing and it's everything is smaller, but it still feels hot, like it's winning. Um, like when you're losing to a fever and mm -hmm. so when I pay attention to it, I feel like I'm feeding the fever. I mm -hmm. feel like I'm feeding the fire. 
um, and I interact with bodies and muscle and organs on a daily basis with really positive results, but I think it's just too close to home on myself, so I can't find that quiet, cooling voice. So I'm just wondering if you have perspectives on how to interact with the space in a way that's more cooling and watery. I'm also not as in touch with my watery side as I would like to be. So yeah, it's a pretty layered question. No, that's a good question. Um, what I'm seeing in you, and this is one thing to think about when we're struggling with physical issues that are um, difficult, is it, it's a Western mindset to think of illness as something outside of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like that I have an illness, like, why well, my God, if I hear one more time, they lost their battle with cancer. I am gonna lose my damn nut. Please never say that again, people in the media. Because um, I hate that because they didn't lose their battle with cancer. Mm -hmm. They came to an agreement with cancer and it worked out fine. Yeah. Cancer said, I'm gonna take you home. And then they went home. I mean, yeah. I have a lot of people dying of cancer. I've died of cancer in my life, and it just makes me mad. I don't see a battle. There's not a fight. And even thinking of your life, your body as a battleground, to me, is like a support yeah. of the illness, right? I keep coming to that exact thought, like yeah. not fighting it, but I don't know how to talk to it. Well, uh, when I, especially with you in this moment, and not all things that are going on in our body are us. You know, sometimes we're in, we're having a relationship with a virus, and the virus is like, "Hey, man, I'm here to really like do some cool stuff. I'm going to change your DNA. I'm going to get you ready for the great change of magical tide of change that's going on, and that's going to be really groovy." And meanwhile, we're going, "Yeah, this isn't groovy for me as an animal <laughs> body, right? I'm not into it." But that, nonetheless, the virus is teaching us or doing something to us or changing us in a way that we need to be changed. Because evolutionarily, I think we don't always just change in a dark, winny and slowly over time selection way. Sometimes we change, uh, we evolve physically in a moment, in a two-week period, because we had a virus that did a giant evolutionary change to us or yeah. whatever else, right? So, um, but in your case especially, I'm not seeing outsideness. And so we have to say, is the illness partly outsideness? Is it my spirit guides teaching to me, or a virus changing my mm -hmm. body, or, no, or the, or just body. living <laughs> in a toxic environment, living in the wasteland of my, you know, ancestors' waste? What is it? What am I doing? But in this case, when I look at you, I see you and you, yeah, you and you together, and so there's kind of like a thing where, and I don't want to, again, it's so easy to get simplistic with physical issues and I really never want to be that way or in any way make you think you're at fault because you're not at <laughs> fault at all. Your body doesn't work and that sucks, okay? That's just <laughs> freaking real. Yep. But what you could do is just be like, yeah, you know what? I'm really freaking fiery. <laughs> <laughs> and love that part of yourself and just be like, you're not gonna cool down? Fine. <laughs> Let's be fiery, fiery then. Because in the attempt to cool that, there's some conflict going on there. So we want to look at the conflict, and sometimes it's, I don't know if this is a Tai Chi idea, but mm -hmm. this idea of the energy is coming at you, you receive it and move it around rather than yeah. fight it, right? Yeah. And then the battle becomes about that fight. So that's what I'm seeing with you. And as a magical principle, it's like, what do I do? Do I integrate? Do I shift? Do I accept? Do I surrender? And I feel like in a way, you could actually try surrendering for a while <laughs> to the fire. <laughs> 
and just be like, yeah, I'm really fiery. And actually, it's kind of painful, but I'm really fiery. And I'm going to yeah. let that fire grow. Actually, give it even more space rather than attempting to m- diminish it. There's something about, you're pointing the bowl of bone here. Yeah. There's something about that fire in that bowl of bone for you that I'm feeling. So and we're repressed. getting all the other psychics in the room are <laughs> nodding their head. Yes, I love. Can you guys just come to every reading I do and nod? <laughs> yes. Because I'm kind of loving that. Okay. <laughs> And that, but I'm feeling that bowl of bone needs that earthly mother fire thing. And I've got the mother thing, and I got the children thing, and inviting that mother fire in, the, yeah. the old fire, the first fire. You know, that's an ancestral place to go. It's to go and meet the t- the tender of the first fire of the ancient fire, and you can meet that being and talk to them about br- how do I tend my fire, how do I bring that fire through. Thank you. Okay, friendly amendment, another another way to yeah. do a similar thing. Excellent. Which is maybe rather, so I'm fiery, that can totally work. If, if you don't quite want to be I'm fiery, there's the intermediate state of, well, fire is with me. What would it be like to give fire a really great experience of being in a human body? Hmm. Rather than saying, go away, go away, go away, say... And maybe it's 20 minutes, or maybe it's this evening. You know what, this evening? Fire, I'm going to give you a great experience of being human. <laughs> and, um, and then letting it go. And there's a certain, magical principles um, are often very simple, and often the simple principles can be used in many, many, many locations. And one of the magical principles I use a lot is hospitality. Yeah. And so when something is welcomed and received, it actually needs to not hurt you. Yeah. You know, that's the old style, old-fashioned magic from long ago, that when someone is, in, is welcomed into your home, they better not cause any trouble for anybody who lives there. Mm-hmm. And so there's an element of, if this fire is going to be a guest for some amount of time, you can, you can say, yep, you're having an experience of being human. Here you are in this human body, and you need to move on when it's time. I think I forgot to welcome the parts of it that I do like and that I can learn from because I was so shocked and afraid. Yeah. yeah. So it's really good to hear that from an outside and be like, this body can do that. Your yeah. mind can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks. Thank Great. You. Thank you. Next, anybody else got a question? <coughs> Hello. Hi. I would Hi. like to circle around back to the original topic, which is psychic information. And I would love a little bit more clarity about how to actually discern the information that's coming in, if it's coming through our heart center as, as, as emotional information. Is there a way to make that discernment, ha- have discernment that is tangible do we need to move away from what do we do how can we how can we work with that why why with the empathic information why (laughs) right like it's a pain it's so difficult to be an empath right and how do you know who's what when is that sort of the way yeah and yeah like hey is this mine is this like my trauma because if it is then let, let me come back to center and then like reopen in a different spot or something I mean can I discern that information or is this actually information that's coming in from somebody like yeah how how, how do what? we how do we um, figure out where it's coming from and then then like this is a little bit 101 and then going back to some some tools of like 
Um, okay, yeah, it's, you know, I don't know, I'm, I'm rambling at this point. I think no, there's enough question it. there. You got it. You got it. You want to go? Um, I'll, I'll say a brief thing, but you're the master of this pomegranate. But the brief thing I'll say is your body in this instance is your instrument. And you have to learn your instrument, and that is not quick or instant. And it is not going to be the same as anybody else's. So Palm has vast experience, will give you lots of technique, but there's a way in which you need to, as these, little, as these things charge through you, you need to keep your antenna out and your ears up and go, what's this one, what's this emotion? Now I'm gonna put air quotes on feel like because the emotion is feeling, but it'll have, it'll have subtly different qualities that you will learn the more you pay attention to it. The more that you add the idea, is it mine? Is it someone else's or is it both of ours? And so do you, you begin to winnow, you'll learn your cues. Mm. To you, Pom. Yeah, so the first thing you wanna do is you want to have space alone by yourself every day where the first thing you do is check in on how your own emotional state is. Like, what is my emotional state? How do I feel? What's going on with my life? And know your six emotions, I'll tell them to you. Happy, angry, sad, afraid, shocked, and disgusted. There ain't no more feelings. Any other feelings beyond that is some combination of those six. So just know what you're feeling in that moment. Know what your life is like for you emotionally so that you can have a clarity of this is me. Got to start with this is me. Once you get that clarity, so this entails having an emotional awareness of self. Once you know that, then you can, you, when you know that when you encounter another person, you will know their feelings, maybe before they arrive. I often know someone's feelings about, about 15 minutes before I get together with them, I'll get the feeling. And then I'll go, oh, there's a feeling of angry. Now let me just check with me. Was I, am I angry about anything? No, I'm not. Oh, somebody's angry, it ain't me. So it's not me. So now I've differentiated, okay? And then if you uh, are being inundated by other people's feelings, so then it depends on who you're going to see. What you, what is the, how useful is that information to you? The first question we ask when we find out someone else is having a strong feeling, we go, is this my business? Is this person's anger my business? If it's not, then you do a clearing, okay? And the clearing is a very simple act where you call, you breathe in the white light energy of the God self in the chakra system, and you just breathe it right down into your heart chakra, and you breathe it out of your heart chakra, and you clear that out of your body. And then put on a nice little piece of jewelry that continues to hold that. And you can turn that energy into a little bit of a shield in front. If you don't do it in back, you'll still get inundated by feelings. So you do that again. Breathe into the heart chakra, breathe out the back, and create a shield. And just be like, that's not my business. They're angry, but it's nothing to do with me, okay? The only person this isn't gonna work with is the person you're having sex with. Because once you start having sex with people, you can't, it's very hard to shield yourself from their feelings because of the way you make connections. You're making art connection. You know, sex is mostly about the heart chakra, right? So that's a different set. I can't address that now. But for this, for everyday use, that's what you do. And if you have a lot of trouble, I suggest you do a daily practice of getting a hand mirror and putting it in front of your heart and putting it towards you and say, this is me, and then turning it around and going, that is you. And we do the this is me, that is you differentiation magical technique. <laughs> this is me, that is you. And that helps to clarify and if you get the answer, this is my business, then you say, how is it my business? And one, we always want to do the very least we have to do, the minimum effective response to any magical information. 
You never want to do more. You never want to cast a giant, you know, dragon when a little cricket will do. Okay? So that's what you want to do. It's just like the most minimum effective response. Like it might be, how's it going? You feeling okay? <laughs> it might be the simple, that's quite complicated asking that question. But it might just be, oh, they're angry. Okay, that's okay. That's okay that they're angry. And then leave it. That might be the simplest thing. So that's the technique, and it's practice. Mm -hmm. You want to ask more about that? Or does that help? I think that's helpful. And I think I have more of a question, but I don't know what it is, right? Okay. I don't know how to articulate it at this very moment. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's a good Thank question. You. Thank yeah. you. See, Pom, you are the master of that. Because I'm a giant empath, and I had to learn to handle it. I was always a fainting flower. Next question. Having too many feelings of other people. <laughs> Hello, I'm Esther. Um, this has to do with uh, the question about attachments as well, something that I've had experiences with since I was little. Mm. And I'm at an impasse with something that I actually, one of the few times I visited Portland, I went to a circle about five years ago, and something jumped to me from a woman. I don't know, I didn't even know the people that were present. Um, and it wasn't necessarily from her that I'm, what I'm dealing with now, but it w weakened me in such a way where various other things started coming to my field over a period of a 10-day fever. And I've done a tremendous amount of work working through what I can, what I know how to do. Um, and I've also asked her help in a lot of ways. Um, and what I've come to now is I don't know if it's an attachment or if, if it's um, kind of like a... <sighs> like a, how do I say, like scar tissue? And yeah, how do I know if it's an attachment or if it's an, if it's an invitation into a different approach, mm. an exploration into a different approach mm -hmm. and a, a, a challenger? So mm, I don't know what you, I'm curious as you're talking, yeah. what you want out of your magical life. Um, can you say, say anything about that to me? What you want the arc of your future magical life to be like? What, you, what flavor it should take? Do you want it to be primary and intense in your life, or is it going to be a lovely, nourishing background in your life? I have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, you do have a choice. I mean, I do have a choice, but like, choice. the intensity has felt perpetual most of the time, even when I've asked yeah. for less. Yeah. <laughs> so the way it reads to me yeah. is a shamanic illness. Mm -hmm. and, not a sh and so when I say shamanic illness, I mean the kind of shamanic illness that is its own initiation. Yeah. And so basically to deal with your own shamanic illness, you develop, you align with and develop your own shamanic healing team, which you can then also use for others. And um, yeah. What's a shamanic illness, Larry? <laughs> <laughs> it's the thing that happens to people before they get cracked open as healers and it makes sure they get cracked open as healers. I don't know what else to say about it. I don't know that I understand it, but I've sure seen it. This is the, the second time this has happened because I went through one and it went through a five-year period of, some, of an illness like that. Mm -hmm. And when I was clear, it was for the first time I felt like I was myself and I was mm -hmm. able to do my work here and I was ecstatic. But I didn't step into it all the way. I was still mm -hmm. like, because I wanted to just play mm -hmm. for a while <laughs> mm -hmm. also. Play is good. It plays good. But yeah. I also wasn't doing my work necessarily all uh -huh. the way. Um, so this time around, the, the, the thing that I'm trying to figure out is I don't feel like I have access to guidance in it. It feels like it's I'm just like butted up against this mm -hmm. and how do I know what container to, s to set up for myself to do it in a good way safely 
how do I know, like how do I do this if I don't mm -hmm. I don't feel like I have access to guidance mm -hmm. at all I would bit. say find a teacher I'll find a human I, teacher I, I me like too <laughs> I'm saying the same thing to you mm -hmm. you can't do this by yourself and don't try it's not smart to try to do everything by yourself yeah. you can find teachers that are in spirit but I would also try to find a human teacher just because part of what you need to do is be able to be grounded in it right yeah. I've been asking for a human teacher mm -hmm. I, haven't, I haven't found one yet yeah. Maybe have. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about word of life. Uh, word. <laughs> Hi, Palm. Hi. Are you in Portland? I'm pointing at Larry. <laughs> I, I have a practice in Portland, so yeah. if, you're, if you're nearby, I certainly could see you. Um, it's not the easiest thing to find, but you know, if you have friends who are also in similar kinds of spiritual pursuit, you'll hear through the grapevine who is good who's trained with what shamanic teachers, what's their practice like, how accessible are they. Um, you, you kind of, you have to begin to make those contacts in the human world. Mm -hmm. And when you make the, uh, I'll state this and we'll see if it's true. When you make the commitment that you're going to make those contacts, things will begin to flow more easily so that you can make the contacts. Okay. The it, best um, way to handle magical energy is to have the best container that you can create for yourself. And that is something that really requires teaching. And you can get spirit people to teach you, but you can get a teacher to do. But you, like for you especially right now, it's like you, your container is not able to hold the energy that wants to move through you. I'm not seeing any particular attachment to you. I'm just seeing a lot of energy coming at you. And it's like, how do I channel it? We call it clearing our pipes, right? You're a channel for energy. And as the energy moves into you, it clears your pipes. So whatever might be stuck or weird behavior you have that you learn from your whatever, it's like it wants to clear and you want to become a real clear channel for that energy. God, that sounds so new agey. Sorry, new agers. I like you too, <laughs> but I'm a witch, so. Um, but we want to clear our pipes out so that we can actually be a clear vessel for the energy right not perfect of a vessel we want to be our own shape but we want to also be able to let it flow and not go through our neuroses or our ego problems right and your container is getting blasted by a lot of magical energy like it's really vibrating off of you and your container is like i don't know i gotta get bigger or smaller or something and it just needs to be re, re it needs to be modified mm -hmm. so that you can handle what's happening to you right it's hard to handle what's happening to you isn't it it's so yeah. hard it's supposed to be affecting my my heart and it feels just really blocked and yeah compressed and yeah. yeah um yeah and then i guess this question is yeah, so in terms of differentiating what would this be considered a spirit challenger or a symptom of that like in, as in um this invitation to initiation yeah i mean the challenge is the challenge is this idea of a shamanic uh a shamanic um injury or what did you call it a shamanic illness it's yeah. like your 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 initiate the initiation is trying to change your old form into a new form so you can bring greater energy um and so that process is is that very thing i don't know what i'm trying to say what are you trying to say well i so so what it looks like is that different parts of your energy system are holding different agendas and they've got to, and they've got to agree on an agenda mm -hmm. and that is something that you'll actually need help probably winnowing out but part of you wants to be a really big freaking huge energy mm -hmm. mover and part of you is saying don't mind little me um i'm i'm just here being a happy human mm -hmm. um and you you can theoretically be both but you need to be both sort of alternately not simultaneously or the energy will get the pressure will come in and not leave you're and under a lot of pressure you are under a lot of pressure you do need help that's sort of the answer 
The easy, <laughs> easy way through is. But we are <laughs> seeing you, okay? We do see what's happening to you, if that's helpful. Yeah. Okay. It's real. What you're saying is real. Sometimes it just need to be seen. Yeah. And just affirmation of what it, what the origin is. Or the also, source. who's yeah. been there? Anybody been there? Hands in the room. Who's been there? I've been there before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I've been through it many times. So yeah. who's been there more than once? Okay. That's the magical life. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the same, life. the same pattern does tend to recur because when we're challenged, our body knows how to point to the challenge that way. Lots of hands went up, by the way, people listening to this at home. <laughs> Put your hands up at home. Who happened to you? Who's it happened to you at home? <laughs> okay, um, honey. Yeah. I have one more, one more last thing. Yeah. That's okay. Um, it's it's because uh, the first way through was with uh, plant medicine work in the Amazon and working with shamanic healers down there. Mm -hmm. um, that's not my big yes now, mm -hmm. but I do have a strong connection to plant medicine ceremony and ceremony in general mm -hmm. and plant spirit medicine. Mm -hmm. um, is there a teacher in that world, or is there someone up here that m would be more? conducive to, to this process. What do you Are we mean? talking about high hallucinogenics? Not as some mixture, mixture. Yeah, you um, don't need any more hallucinogenics. Yeah. But also just working with plants. You plant need plants is good. Yeah. Plants are the good healer um, people. So plant medicine teachers, or is, is it a different, like, I'm just still yeah, trying to navigate. Go to a shaman, go to a witch. Yeah, yeah. And go there to are a some people who are both. A teacher of both. a witch. And there's some people locally who are oh, both. Oh, you know, most mm. witches are working with, with plants. Both, yeah. But you don't need any more hallucinogens, mm -hmm. okay? Because you're too psychic already. We don't, th so that's for people who can't psychically open up. Yeah. You don't need that. Not always, I mean, that's a blanket statement, but. <laughs> there's a time, at some point your spirit guides stop, say stop it. And your spirit mm -hmm. guides are coming through me and telling you, don't do no more of that. Mm -hmm. And that might be for a few of, uh, of the rest of you, too. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Any more questions? Here's a plant medicine person right here. He's a master plant person. Oh, thank you. Thank you for everything, everybody. Um, I went through something similar and um, never really knew how clairvoyant I was, actually. And now I work on other people and I get downloads of everything, ancestors, everything. But I was where you were, um, not knowing how to figure it out and how to navigate it and tons of stuff coming in. And um, <clears throat> I think the best medicine for me was not only to be consistent every morning in clearing and connecting to nature. I do it at 4 a.m. every morning because I can't survive if I don't. Um, but to um, use your heart as your compass when you're trying to figure it out because a lot of times you do have other people's energy in your space and I get this feeling in my heart that just kind of tingles when it's the right answer and that is very simple and it's to you do that consistently I think um, allows you to have a lot more truth and um, success and happiness in your path in life um, it's overwhelming when you have, and, the, and to know that there's more than one initiation, there's levels of initiation, and I don't think any, we're lucky to be in a community of people that are actually acknowledging this, and to be seen, like Pomegranate was saying, is like the biggest gift of all, actually, because you think you're going crazy. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, then you're like, okay, let's go. Like, once you get that, it's amazing. So What's your favorite plant ally for that, as an herbalist, for that Devil's experience? Devil's Club. Devil's oh. Club. We love the Devil's Club. Yeah. Powerful. Most powerful. Plan. Yeah. And it talks to you. It screams at you, actually. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so I've been working on other people a lot and um, curious about trauma, like people who have a lot of trauma and 
Because I can work on somebody and I can feel exactly what's going on with them, where the energy is and how to release it. But when it's like really deep stuff and a lot of it, I'm curious, any feedback on that? Any other ideas or techniques you guys might have? I mean, as a healer, one of my jobs is to know when it's beyond my pay grade, right? Um, when, uh, that I don't have a, I don't have a skill around this. One of the, I can clear trauma from a body. I can clear weird attachments from a body, but what I am not, it's not my expertise is to. And one of the things that trauma does most directly is it actually injures the way you think. It actually formulates your thought patterns in a way that is very deep. And the ironic thing is you get trauma, it formulates your brain to do a certain thing, and then when you get triggered again, your brain freezes up. And so unlocking that brain pattern is very difficult because the brain is frozen in that old pattern. And so for trauma, my recommendation is find a trauma specialist to unlock the thinking patterns. Um, because that's actually in that part. It's in the air body, as a, it's, one, it's in, so if we're made up of five different bodies, air, earth, fire, water, and soul, it's in, the think, it's in the air body, the thinking body. And that is a thing we need to go to a specialist for. And so that's what I would do. Um, and then, but as a magical practitioner, what I do for that is I give a softness around it. If I can provide a softness and magical energetic softness and invite the person to find their own softness, yes, that's what I've been thinking. that really gives a little bit of a pillow and a space around the trauma and just the like, un that feeling of unconditional love, mm -hmm. because the, the thinking is definitely like you, there's something wrong with you and you're right. being punished, right? right? So, and no, there's nothing wrong with anybody and to give people that feeling of there's nothing wrong with anybody and you deserve the best but also just that softness that that pattern of softness and i call on the green well of healing so if you are doing healing work with people you get to know the green well of healing and um at which is a magical real place and get to know the lady of the green well of healing and that well of healing is very helpful and the other place there's healing to be made is in the healing halls of the moon temple so i'll just say those words and that gives you an invitation to go to those places mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's a place you can bring clients to for healing cool yeah and then they get in touch with their own spirit guide the healer because we all have a spirit guide called the healer I also exactly agree with what you said about the soft space, and I didn't think of it as soft first, I thought of it as spacious first, because we all have healing instincts at the conscious and unconscious levels in our bodies, but if things are all sort of jammed up tight together, fused and immovable, there's nothing to do, and if, if the self, the sense of self can be made a little more spacious, there can be an unconscious rearrangement and things can begin to fall away. And that can look more miraculous. Yeah. It can be really pretty amazing. Um, and sometimes it is covering up something else. It's like, I'll just keep throwing up another symptom of trauma and you won't look at me. Um, and then sometimes, sometimes a, 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 a lifeline soul retrieval where you just go through all the stages. What's happening when you're two? Call back the parts of yourself mm -hmm. that were at two. What's happening when you're four? Call back the parts of yourself from when you were four. Can be, can be very helpful mm -hmm. to pull back the energy that was left behind and make it accessible to the present mind. Yeah, that's really helpful. Okay. Thanks, you guys. Thank you. I got, we have time for a couple more questions. Anybody got a couple more questions left? Or? Hello, and thank you for the opportunity to uh, air this question with you. These were all first-person questions 
And I don't know if you want to take a question that deals with someone else, but I'm sure. here on behalf of my daughter, sure. mm -hmm. um, who is um, a beautiful young woman of 29, an empath, a clairvoyant. She's not practicing anything, she's scared of it. But she was in four automobile accidents, in actually five automobile accidents in three years, one of which she was driving and was hit by another person, it wasn't her fault. Uh, the drivers were all different people. And the last time she was left um, at a utility pole, the car had been crashed into the utility pole, she was left unconscious with the wires down and sparking, and um, the driver ran away mm -hmm. and left her there. Uh, I'm thinking it's some kind of a past life problem that's following her. Um, can you give any clarity about that to me or tell me how I can help her with it? <laughs> We're like, who's gonna start, you or me? What, you start. Okay. Yeah. Well, we ha you, have, you have to acknowledge patterns, right? When you keep having the same thing happen to you over and over mm -hmm. again, you have to be like, what am I doing to make this happen? And since it's not you, it's kind of up to her. Like, you're in the god-awful position of having to let your daughter make a bunch of her own mistakes as she wants to, right? That's the mother's job. It's just like, oh, you're making a lot of mistakes, and I can't stop you. Because <laughs> that's, that's her job, is to live her life and have her own life and make her mistakes. And so that's hard on you, I'm sure, to have be in that position. But she's got a pattern, obviously, going on. Now, what kind of pattern is it? Is it because she's not listening? Or is it because this is actually what she said? You know, I think I'll go to planet Earth and have a whole bunch of car accidents in a row to experience that over and over again. Which one of those it is, I don't know. But what do we do about it? What do you do when someone you love is in a cycle of suffering? I think that's kind of your question, isn't it? Is it? kind of your question yeah, what do I do is, about I'm wondering what the next one they keep getting worse and I'm wondering when the next one is coming and and how she can protect herself it must be a feeling like you must be feeling a little panicked I would be yeah 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 so how do you tank it because it's really about what can you do about it I mean you certainly as a mother have all the authority in the world to send as much protection to her as you can that's one of the jobs of mothers is to psychically spend their energy protecting their child, right? You can't block, but you have to make sure you don't, you're not blocking her from living. You have to make sure I'm sending you my protection. You know, I say to my grand person, you're always yeah. under my protection. Yeah. Um, and your daughter is, you're allowed to protect your daughter and you have to, within that prayer, make sure you go, but I do not want to block you from your life, right? Because that's the thing we can become too protective of. So you're allowed to offer her all the protection you have. And at the same time, she gets to make all her own mistakes, right? Of course. Yeah. Although she was not the driver in any of these. Yeah, yeah, this is I know I'm that. thinking maybe of, it's of I know. bad car karma. This is what I'm saying about the thing of yeah. the subtle thing of like it starts to sound like you're blaming when you get into this topic of what I'm not blaming her for her car accidents. But when we get in car accident after car accident, we all have to go. Why the hell am I, as magical people, we have to take responsibility for our lives, or as people? And you go, what the heck am I doing that I'm getting in so many darn car accidents? Like, what's happening? What's the pattern here? We have to look at the pattern, be willing to look at the pattern. And you're saying, what's the pattern here? She's not saying, what's the pattern, right? Mm -hmm. She's like, oh, I don't know. It's just weird. Mm -hmm. So there's a moment, there's a way in which you actually can't do anything about this because it's her life. That's what I'm trying to say. 
But there is a pattern here. So you're saying, what's the pattern? And my, my thing is, I don't know. I don't know what her pattern is because I need to know more about her and I kind of need her in front of me. So it's really I have figured, to address yeah. you and say, what can you do? You can protect her. You can do prayers. You can send guardian angels to her. You can send clarity to her. You can say, but whatever you send to her, you're also sending to yourself. Mm -hmm. So if you say, wake up and be clear, whatever you're not aware of or in denial about will wake up and be clear in you. So be prepared for that, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, but prayer is a powerful, powerful act for anybody you love. And also, one of the most powerful things you can do for somebody who's in the pattern that you see as self-destructive or you see, a, see as, as like harmful to self or is unconscious enough to the point where she's repeating over and over again, is just go, learn the lesson you need to learn the easiest way you can. That's an easy prayer to do for someone. It's just learn that lesson in the easiest way you can learn it. There's something about car accidents that she's learning from. And just be like, I pray you learn this the easiest possible way. And that's a simple, okay. easy prayer. And that's, a, you don't mind receiving that. I'll learn my lessons the easiest way mm -hmm. I can. Yeah. So that's, you're in a tough spot and my heart breaks for you because I would be pulling my freaking hair out. But then I'd be like, what are you doing? Wake up, look why there's so many cars. I'd be nagging. I'd be a nag. Yeah. <laughs> well, right? You know, I just want to say that these car accidents did not include uh, inebriation or, or lack of judgment as far as we yeah, know. I one know. was black ice, one was Yeah. It's so you know, hard it's, it's so hard weird. to yeah. it's so hard to talk about this in a way that doesn't sound like it's blaming the person who did it and at the same time be able to take responsibility for the patterning, right? Because we have to take responsibility for our the pa repeating patterns in our yeah. lives. Without blame, yeah. right? I don't and know so if you can get so me out setting, of this hole. And so setting back. aside the cause, I'm still getting that there's yeah. a wake up call. And so what's, what would the, what's the waking up to? I don't know if the waking up to is exactly the same as how are the car accidents happening? Mm -hmm. The car accidents are being shaken up, stopped and then shaken up. You know, what, what happens in a car accident? You lose control, mm -hmm. you get stopped, you might get injured, you certainly get shaken up. So, mm -hmm. so there's this thing happening where she keeps getting shaken up and, and stopped in her tracks. So another way to think about it is to read everything in your life as if you were interpreting a dream. So one of the things we often say is in our lives is like, if this is a dream, what would it mean? Okay, so that takes sort of the onus away of like, why are you screwing up? Which I'm not trying to say she's screwing up. But like, we do have to read the information. As psychics, we have to read the pattern. So you can just say to yourself or even to her, go, honey, if this was a dream, what would it mean? So when things happen to us, like when we had a car accident a couple mm -hmm. of years ago, we are like, what let's interpret this as if it was a dream what does it mean you know and it wasn't our fault yet it was very powerful and we had to get the information from it so that we didn't you know have a reoccurrence so the information came through again in another mm -hmm. way right okay is that is that because i really not blaming her for her car accident no it wasn't her fault at all no. yeah. okay okay thank you very much yeah. thank you okay. anybody else got a question yay Hi. Hi. Hey. I was wondering if you guys can tell me more about shape-shifting. I understand a little bit about it magically and its gifts and how it can be a tremendous tool. But I've also noticed it in the um, 
what I like to call consensus reality, like the reality that we're in right now, like actual humans shape-shifting, looking different all the time, appearing energetically different. So I guess I wonder about um, the tools of having that ability myself and also what to look out for in the consensus reality and in magical landscapes. I'm sure you have a lot to say about that. So I'll take a first pass at that. And so you want, if you're going to work um, shape-shifting magic, you want to have a strong sense of self. And that doesn't mean a rigid ego. It's almost the opposite of a rigid ego. Because a shapeshifter is going to keep changing their, their outward and, and probably energetic and egoic um, signatures. So you have to, I, I, it's almost more like a, song, a strong sense of, I am the viewpoint from which I witness. I am the viewpoint from which I proceed. I can always come back to this viewpoint whenever I need to. And then shape-shifting is a close cousin to empathy. You have to be able to feel something to become something. I don't know a whole lot more I should say about that. What do you, th what do you want to say about that, Pom? Well, shape-shifting is a magical act, and some people are like natural bone. We all shape-shift a little because of the empathy piece where we, anybody who's got any empathy will shape-shift into another person's feelings. It's sort of like you watch it, like anybody who watches Dr. Phil and then goes, God, I think I have that problem. Do I have that problem? I think I have that problem. That's an act of shape-shifting. Like, no, you don't have that problem. You just shape-shifted into that person for a second, right? So there's that kind of shape-shifting. But there's actual magical shape-shifting where you, some people who will entirely take on another person's persona, dreams, hopes, and everything else. And because they're not trained in who they are, they don't realize they're not that person. And so you become this whole other person and you live your life from that standpoint and yet you're always unhappy because it's not who you are. And then that influence might leave and then a new influence that comes in and then you turn entirely into that other person, the new influence. And that's a special magical skill. If you're trained in, you can totally shift into that other person and then be able to retrieve yourself back into a neutral more you and then shapeshift it into another person and become them. And that's a way of gathering information. It's actually a really powerful tool for healers. And I happen to know you are a healer. So a lot of people who are acupuncturists and healers and herbalists are shapeshifters. And one of the ways they understand the illness of their client is they shapeshift right into that client and they feel the illness in their own body and they understand where it is and they become that person. And the trick is let go of that and shapeshift back into healer and then to the practice, right? It's a very powerful, you're, you know, healers who have that skill are amazing. And that's why you get these people who are amazing and those people who are like, uh, they're not so good because they're not shapeshifters. So it's a tool, it's a very good tool for a shape, for a healer. But also like people shapeshift into other things like bears and like, you know, mm -hmm. these things are, so like in shows, magic is always shown as very dramatic and like, if I'm gonna shape shift into a werewolf, it's gonna be painful and weird and very dramatic. But actually, I just shift, a, if I'm a werewolf, a shapeshifter who shifts into werewolves, you just shape shift a little bit into a wolfy kind of person and it's very subtle and someone will feel it and feel confused by it. Mm 
and then be like, huh, that's weird. They just turned into a wolf for a second. And then they'll be like, back to a human. And that's just another kind of subtle shape shifting. And that's about relationship with that clan, the wolf clan. You come from the wolf clan magically, and you can shape shift into the wolf clan. In the old days, and other tribes we've been in, nope, don't say it that way. In the old days, and other tribes that have existed, um, they've been they've named their tribe after the raven because everybody in that clan shapeshifts into the raven, right? And that's because they have the power and the medicine of the raven. And that's really normal. And then there's people who shapeshift their own physical body that looks the same no matter what, but from a tiny little person into a giant tall person. <laughs> and they shapeshift size. And that's a magical thing that has its own properties. And they can those people can usually shapeshift a room. So... I like those people around when you're in a tiny room and you have a lot of people and they'll make the room really big and make enough space. And that's about, all of this is about letting go of what, that, that things are strictly defined and that actually the world is very fluid and magical and you can't measure a thing if everything around it also changes with it. You see, magically. Mm -hmm. So if you change, if the room gets bigger but you also get bigger with it, then you can't measure the difference in the thing, but it still happened. Mm -hmm. And the perception you have and the ability to perceive it is inside your own self. And rather than having a me tape measure to measure it, you measure it with your own sense and experience of it. And relying on your perceptions, and we've been taught to deny those perceptions. So when you see someone and all of a sudden they turn into a bear, you go, there's a bear, just believe it. They're from the bear clan. It's fine. Or they turn into an alien. That's fine, right? <laughs> so we used to play this game years ago called Muggle Not a Muggle. Mm -hmm. And we, <laughs> we played it. We used to play it. We played it a lot at Hawthorne and 39th at the Fred Myers. We found out you can't play Muggle Not a Muggle at Fred Myers on Hawthorne and 39th. You can only play what kind of not a muggle is it? <laughs> and so we go along and go, bear, alien. <laughs> unicorn <laughs> right and we go yeah that's right that's yep. right we played for years and then of course what happens they made a tv show about it called grim <laughs> and they made it in portland we're like oh my god muggle 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 not a muggle it's a tv show right and that show is a, is a magical illustration of what's real i haven't really watched it i don't know how real it is but <laughs> so so a lot of it is subjective and about perception and it can also be physically literal in some ways. And so when I was, you know, knew just enough to be dangerous in my late 20s, um, I was missing a molar and it hadn't been pulled. And a, and a dentist said, that's not possible. That tooth is never missing. And I said, it was not pulled. He said, you're forgetting it was pulled. So I was learning about a little bit of shamanism and I thought, I'll shape shift it back. So I just made the assumption to shapeshift it back, and I don't even remember exactly how I did, you know, attempted that. But about three weeks later, a little white thing comes through the gum, and it's kicking out pieces of nodular bone, and the tooth comes in, and it was so far up in my sinus cavity that they couldn't see it in the x-ray. But when I called it back, it came back within weeks. So that is literal, not in the way I intended, <laughs> It was, it's not actually great to have a tooth that's supposed to come in when you're eight, come in when you're 30. Um, but it, um, so anyway, it's, it can be quite physically literal. It can be a very powerful tool. And um, I trust you to teach us more about it. Yeah, so use that tools wisely in your healing practice. Thank you so it's much. Be very good. Thank you. Anybody needs acupuncture? Lindsay. Yay. Five elements. All right, one more question. Anybody got one? Yes, please come. I think we have one more. Time for one more. 
Uh, hi, my name is Francis. Hi, Francis. Hi, Francis. I, uh, first, I want to thank you for the uh, spirit guide activity this morning, the oh. whole exercise. I actually found one of my spirit challengers, short in the form of Stephen Biko, who last year happened to show up to me in the song by repeating it all the time to me, and then someone gifted a picture of him, and then I found out that his, um, his personal chauffeur is a friend of my friends, and now we're connected. No! Oh, really? Yeah. Like Biko Biko? Like Bico, the Bico. YouTube song Biko? Biko Biko. And Biko <gasps> told me to raise my voice because I'm considering going back to drumming and using drumming as a healing tool. And Biko told me to raise my voice and held oh. my, he held my heart in his hands and said, it's okay. So I want to thank you for that. Mm. <laughs> um, welcome Biko, welcome. Love Biko. I, I kept thinking about a song. Um, but I got a separate question, and it's got to do with ringing my ears. Um, I recently discovered that I'm an empath, so I've gone through a lot of the grueling, painful, <laughs> empathic emotions. Uh, but I also have this ringing in my ears that goes on and on. And sometimes, and I actually just got it five minutes ago, it will ring so loud and so suddenly that I felt that someone was screaming at me from, from like far, far away. And it's happened to me a lot of times. And I'll just be doing something and also I'll just go like, whoa. And it's always on my right ear. Ah. So I'm just trying to figure out what to do with that, how to work with that, and what's that about. It comes and goes? Uh, the ringing happens 24-7. I've gotten used to it by now. But the lou like louder and then softer? Yeah, it, it comes. It's really random. Yeah. Well, I mean, the first thing you got to check out is your thyroid because thyroid mm. um, disorder causes ringing in the ears. Okay. So I know my thyroid's acting up because I hear the ringing. So let's just be, let's, when we hear hooves, let's hear horses, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, not zebras. Uh, <laughs> so check that out. If you I don't know if you've ever had any blood work done around that, it might be your thyroid. But magically, um, it's, for me, it's always some kind of um, one of the close cousin magical beings. So if I'm talking about all the magical realms, so there's the plant realm, there's the animal realm, there's the, this is the realm of the cousins or the silver bloods or the fairy beings or the magical mystical creatures. And that's their magic coming in. Because although we like to tell stories about the magical creatures, they're real. They're as real as we are um, in my experience. So for me, it's usually a fairy energy or the, you know, the, the magical beings who are on the planet who are fairy-like energies or mystical energies, but they're attached to, the, to this world. And they're just this side of the veil. They're not dead people. They're this side of the magical veil. They're more ensconced in a magical world. They kind of tend to be um, immortal. And when that buzzing goes in my ear, I go, oh, here come, here come the cousins. And that door is opening and they're trying to come in and talk to me and bring their influence in. So I, that for me is what it is. What it is, will be for you, it could be different, but it's definitely a, sim, a sign that some magical being is coming. And so remember, I don't know, in the workshop, I said, you might hear something. And I kind of meant it literally. Like you might hear, hear something, or you might hear it in your head or you might hear it in your earballs. So that's, for me, that's definitely magical beings coming through. And what I do is I just go, okay, you're here. I hear you. Let me know if you want anything. If you just want to come through, I invite you. Unless I'm driving and then I go, get back off, I'm driving, you know, because we got to be practical about these things. We have to be able to drive. When the dead people started showing up and I couldn't tell if they were living or dead and while I was driving, I was like, this is not okay. I cannot be slamming my brakes for ghosts, okay? <laughs> It's not going to work. 
So I, you get to know, you're in charge, you're the boss, you get to negotiate everything. But for me, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Everything you said and do you tend to astral project? Do you dream about flying uh, a lot? Do you de- detach from your body easily? Yeah, that's right, Larry. That's uh, right. Uh, I, I, it's funny, I don't dream about flying, but I dream about a lot of very horrible things that happens to bodies. But in the dream, I'm surprisingly calm yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. And I also dream of being attacked a lot, mm-hmm. but I'd never die. Mm-hmm. And I also dream about running a lot as well. So there's the neurological symptom you described can sometimes happen if the energy body and the physical body are just a tiny hair apart. Yeah. Which is why that often shows up when somebody is about to astral project or is coming back. The loud buzzing noise in the ear can often be a symptom of your leaving your body. I almost had a experience like that last week actually. Mm-hmm. Feeling like I was about to leave but I couldn't. And did you hear buzzing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very, very loud buzzing. Mm-hmm. The other, the other thing that we find here buzzing, usually it's out, outside of us, not in our ears, is if you're doing a certain magic that's actually changing the planetary karma, mm. and you might be doing a certain magic, and we're doing that oh. this weekend, and what happens is we, we go, oh, there, we, the, the change of the magic changes the world around us, and that sound of that is often what we call the loud buzzing noise. And we go, oh, there's the loud buzzing noise. Most often that's like a lawnmower shows up lawnmowers. right next to the window in the conference <laughs> Helicopters. <room. laughs> yeah. Weed whackers suddenly, we can't talk, we can't do the magic because there's so much noise and we know we're on the right track then magically. Mm-hmm. We go, there's the loud buzzing noise. So I just wanted to fill in all of the loud buzzing noises. Mm-hmm. I actually think for you it's you and your body, you and your body coming and going. So that's a skill you should learn how to handle. Okay. So that you can fully ensconce in your body and also then pop out when you need to and fully ensconce and not be kind of in this hovery thing because that'll become distracting. I think it's mostly that for you and then when you're there, the cousins are coming, okay? Thank you. All right, I think we might be done. Yay! Yay!